a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome to this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I'm your host, Rebecca Cressman, and so glad you're here. Today, we have the opportunity to be joined by Alicia Gleed. She is the Director of Marketing and Communications at The Road Home, where we've been for many, many years as a community committed to helping those who at one point in their life have needed a shelter, needed a place to be. Alicia, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. You know, one of the stunning things that I think about when um, when I've been involved with The Road Home is just how important it is for you to preserve the dignity, the dignity mm-hmm. of families and individuals who walk through those doors. They've gone through some very yeah. difficult times, haven't they? Yeah, you know, it's amazing to hear the stories of people as they come in. And so many people, I think, when we think about people experiencing homelessness, we kind of have that stereotype in our brain of, oh, well, they're probably addicted to drugs. They're, you know, they've kind of caused this themselves. And really, for so many people, that is not the case. It's someone lost a job. Um, they, you know, I heard one um, where there was like asbestos in their apartment and they needed to get out and they couldn't go anywhere else, you know. And so there's so many situations that really bring it home that these are people just like you and I that just hit a rough patch and they need a place to stay. And we want to make sure that they have that safe and dignified place to be while they're in this transition of moving back into a housing situation. And and that actually that that preserving dignity, as I mentioned, and you just mentioned, it extends all the way to the children. And and that's what touched me is when I learned that the children whose families are staying in the shelter for those who are homeless are experiencing homelessness, that when they are going to school, the mm-hmm. school bus picks them up first on their way to school Thank so that you. the other children who go through the neighborhood, they don't have to know mm-hmm. where these children are going. And and the return home is similar. Everyone else dropped off and then they're brought back. And, and that's just increased sensitivity for the children. Yeah, I think, you know, we think about it and really homelessness is not just a grown up problem, you know, and these kids are just like any other kid and they're going to school just like any other kid. And, you know, the state of Utah is amazing because kids are able to go continue going to the school they were going to before they became homeless. So they don't need to have that disruption, you know, and the school districts work so well with us um, sending buses. I think at one point we had 19 different school buses picking kids up from our Midvale Family Center. And what a wonderful thing that, you know, the school districts are able to help the kids keep going. And, you know, I think just like every other kid, the kids that are, you know, staying with their families in shelter get just as nervous and just excited about the first day of school, which is so amazing to have so many amazing community programs like the Apple Tree Program that really provide kids with those new back-to-school supplies and you know, it's one of, I have to say, one of my favorite programs throughout the year because of watching the kids open these supplies. And it's like Christmas. You know, they get so excited and 
you know, there was one year that um, the the program, you know, provides backpacks, new shoes, and like a new, usually a new outfit, and sometimes multiple outfits, um, depending on the year for the kids that we serve. And so one year, this girl was opening up her um, bag, and she was just excited about everything. She's holding up every piece of clothing. Look at my new shirt, and look at this. And then she picked up, like, she put on her shoes, and then, of course, had to run a couple laps, you know, to make sure they were ready to go. <laughs> and then you have the parents that are like, okay, take those off. You know, you need to not wear those until the first day of school. But again, it's just like every other child, you know. Um, another one that I was thinking of, and I think one of the the moments that really touched me as far as um, this program was we, when the families were still living downtown, you know, um, they would set up all of the backpacks. And so um, it's amazing because all these backpacks are donated, you know, from the community, all the outfits inside donated, all the shoes. And they put the child's name on every backpack and line them up kind of in a row. Um, and at the time, it was around kind of this little playground area. And this little girl was just so shy. She was so sweet, you know, and she's going through and just kind of gently smiling, you know, at everything. And then, you know, as she goes through her bag and then all of a sudden her eyes light up and I'm like, what is she seeing now? You know, for many, it's going to be like the sparkly top or, you know, the, you know, light up shoes or something. Yeah, yeah, something Mm -hmm. that's got some. And she, you know, she pulled out a package of new underwear and she goes, Mom, look, new underwear. And it just made you cry. It did. I had to kind of step away for a minute because I thought, you know, it's it's these little things that we, at least for me personally, I take for granted. And these kids are so excited about it. And so I think when they are able to have this new outfit and this little girl could have new underwear to go back to school, they can walk in. And even though their family's going through something so difficult, they can walk into that school feeling confidence like they are ready to go. They are just like the other kids. They are starting off on the wrong, right foot, you know. And it's called the Apple Tree Program. And, it is, and I yeah. believe I first learned about the Apple Tree Program about 13 years ago. Mm -hmm. And for many years, I had the opportunity here with Bonneville um, to go and be there when the backpacks were delivered. And I'll never forget what that's like to sit in a room and to see the kids humbly walk in and look for their name Mm -hmm. and then sit in front of that backpack that uh, many of these families who walk through and are experiencing homelessness, they don't have personal things with them. So suddenly their arms are wrapped around a brand new backpack. And then sometimes Mm -hmm. you have to encourage them just to open it up. There's more inside. (laughs) Yes. And and as you mentioned, these things, it's exponential for for children who have had some financial instability in their life. It is that much more sacred is a word I almost want to say for them to receive this and then to have that that sense of this is mine and I'm like you meant uh, mm-hmm. that that confidence for the school mm-hmm. year. So it's called the Apple Tree Program. Mm-hmm. And there have been different ways throughout the years that people can participate. So tell me, first of all, your partner with Apple Tree. Yeah, so it's amazing. So Intrepid and the Intrepid Group is um, hosts it, and they reach out to um, Payless Shoe Stores. Um, Utah Eye Centers is a new partner as of the last couple of years, and they're amazing. Um, and Old Navy Stores. And so there are 33 locations of stores that you can go to. Old Navy, Utah Eye Centers, and Payless. And Payless Shoes. Shoes. Okay. Yep. 
And so you can go to the roadhomeappletree.com and all the different locations are listed on there and they're from Logan to Provo. So wherever you are, you can participate. And so sort of like the Angel Tree program, there's a tree set up in each of the locations and they have little apples on them. And on the apples, they're going to have a child's name and then their size information. So if you are going into like a Payless Shoes or an Old Navy and you're, you know, doing back to school shopping for your own kids, you know, you can just pick something up or maybe you're getting something for you and you can pick something up for a child so that way you can pick things up that way. Um, you can also go to the roadhomeappletree.com and you can actually donate online um, and just donate monetarily and then um, the groups will go out and they will purchase items that they are missing so that all the kids again are able to have that new backpack they're able to have um, you know a new outfit and new shoes which is just amazing for these kids. Especially the shoes too. Oh you the shoes. Yes. I can remember <laughs> things were quite humble for our family when I was young and yeah. I remember there was something called the presidential fitness badge back then which yes. you had to get you know to shows that you're physically <laughs> active as a kid to get that patch and I remember thinking um, you know my shoes were a bit too small and there's no way that I'd be able to run fast enough in them. And without any shame, I would just take the, you know, girls next to me shoes, borrow them for a bit. Yeah, you know, why <laughs> not? Run, you know, it's all good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, but yet, these children have experienced so much more, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think, it, like, you, you, you know, talking about two kids grow out of things so fast, you know, and so to be able to have a pair of shoes or an outfit that fits perfectly for that beginning is just, you know, the empowerment that kids feel with that is just absolutely undeniable. The, the big you know? smile on their face. Yes. So school, um, for most of the schools uh, in Utah, is end of August, 1st mm-hmm. of September. So what is the deadline um, yeah. do, do you have a specific deadline in mind? Yeah, so we're going to be collecting um, items from July 12th to August 12th. And so that will give... Um, a little bit of time for them to put all the backpacks together, get them all ready for each child, and then the children will be receiving them on August 17th, so right before school. And that kind of sits right before I think most of the school districts start. So our kids may be going to a couple different school districts, and so we, you know, the groups really try to time it so that that way all the kids would have something ready right before school starts. July 12th through August 12th. Yep. And I know someone just heard you say, put the backpacks together. I know in yeah. the past you've accepted volunteers who want to be a part of that as well, who want to give some of their time. Mm-hmm. So if they go to the roadhomeappletree.com, will there be a way to communicate and say, hey, I'd also like to be behind the scenes if, if you need me. Yeah, there should be a link there for Intrepid Agency puts everything together. But if not, they can always reach out to me at their road home and I'm happy to connect them with um, the group with Intrepid and have them let them know when they can put help put things together and things. And for those of you who joined us, this is Alicia Gleed. She is the Director of Marketing and Communications at The Road Home. And we're talking about the Apple Tree Program, so we're just counting down the days. Yeah. It's going to start and be in place at stores Payless, Old Navy, and the Utah Ice Centers. There you can grab an apple or two yes. and get the supplies, <laughs> or three, right, yep. for, for different children. And you may not be there when the children receive that backpack, mm-hmm. but we've tried to share with you just how precious those moments are. So as you're looking, and you know what, I, I, I'm i a big believer, Alicia, is involving your children in these kind yes. of in, endeavors. It it actually helps your children reframe how to live their life. So mm-hmm. you could encourage your children to pick a different apple uh, or maybe if you pick just one apple, one child's in charge of choosing the shoes or whatever yes. it may be, involve your kids so that they know 
that they're making a difference in other kids' lives. Yeah, and it really, you know, it really truly does. I think you think we have over 150 kids staying in shelter at any given time, you know, and so we want these kids to feel just like every other kid, you know, and to be able to let your own kids be a part of that, I think really changes their lives. I know we always growing up did sub for Santa and things like that. And just the impact that that made of giving to other people is such a wonderful lesson to kind of teach your kids, you know, but also helps them to, like you were saying, you know, have this perspective of their colleagues and, you know, being kind to everyone because you never know what people are going through. You know, you don't know your children don't know if in their classroom, guaranteed, yeah. there's at least one or two in their classroom whose mm-hmm. family has financial instability and who may or may not be nervous about the first of school because yeah. of the pressures of having the backpack, the, having the new yes. shoes and at least one <laughs> new outfit. Yeah. Um, the Apple Tree program has been go- ongoing for, is it 20 years? I can't remember how long mm-hmm. it's, it's been. And Close to that, I know it's, it's it's been going on for so long, and just a beautiful yeah. gift to our community. Um, since I have you here, Alicia, and we have a few yeah. minutes together, and again, go to the website theroadhomeappletree dot com. That's where you can find out more about getting involved and donate cash and all those other ways to help get these children who are whose families experiencing homelessness help them get ready for the school year. Tell us um, about the changes with the Road Home Shelter because for so many years. The KRSP listeners, the FM 100.3 listeners have given and, and, and have been so um, intertwined with the care that is provided at the road home, not just in the Christmas time, but throughout the year. So help us understand, because there's been so many news stories about where what shelter is here and where. Mm-hmm. So how are we taking care of those who are experiencing homeless now, homelessness now? And what will happen to the shelter at Rio Grande? Yeah. So couple of different things, um, I think, as, as we think about kind of everything going on with homelessness, the exciting thing about everything happening right now in our community is that it really is a community focus right now to make sure that we're providing the best service possible for our neighbors and community members who are experiencing homelessness. So looking at what they're looking to do is to create smaller resource centers. So kind of like our Midvale Family Center, which only serves families with children. Um, and so all the we try to provide resources on site. So we have, um, you know, Department of Workforce Services on site, um, the school liaison on site, you know, housing locators. So everybody can be right there. So when a family con- turns to us for assistance, they can get all of the service and help that they need in one location. And that's been very powerful. I just want to insert, mm-hmm. I know that the research has been out uh, for many years that that is the most effective way, not only to get people back into homes again, mm-hmm. but to to get them um, stabilized and self-sufficient is to provide yes. them uh, easier, dir- more direct access to the services that are out there. So congratulations yeah. for doing oh, that. No, I think it's no, fantastic. Thank yeah. you. But, you know, the exciting thing right now is that with these smaller resource centers, they want to do that now for um, also the single men and single women. So we've done that in the in our downtown community shelter where we have Department of Workforce Services. We have um, a mental health therapist on site. We also have the Veterans Administration on site, you know. But with so many people being in the building, you know, we're serving anywhere from 200 to 250 single women, 400 to 600 single men. You know, that's a large population. So by breaking the population down into a smaller population of two to 300 people, that's a lot easier for people to be able to access those resources and be able to 
um, get that, you know, assistance that they need. And it, it feels like it would be safer for yeah. families with young children mm-hmm. to be together, for women mm-hmm. who are living independently yeah. to, to be able to be, uh, you know, protected from yeah. from other elements, right? Yeah. And then, so um, will the Road Home Shelter on Rio Grande remain open for a period of time? You know, the tentative closure date is next um, June, like the end of June, I think, um, of 2019. And so the plan is that we'll remain open then. And by then, these new resource centers should be open and running so that that way it can be a smooth transition for people. And and then as a community, and and what I love is that it's been fantastic to see the Rio Grande all these years keep its doors open for everyone. Mm-hmm. And yet homelessness isn't just a downtown Salt Lake. It's yes. in West Valley City. Mm-hmm. It's in Midvale. It's in South Salt Lake. It's in Bountiful. So by having the shelters in different locations, to me, that's more representative of the valley of the, the community itself all shouldering uh, that and, and offering yes. help as needed. Well, and I think, too, when we think of homelessness, you know, I think – Shelter is that first step. It's kind of like an emergency room. You know, everybody's going to come in. We're going to make sure that we can triage and help people get the assistance that they need, you know, and um, but really finding solutions out of homelessness is really the key to helping in someone's homelessness, which I know sounds kind of redundant or, you know, intuitive. But one of the things that the road home has really made it a part of its mission is to help people step out of homelessness and back into our community. And we do that through housing programs, you know, and so looking for affordable housing in our communities that people can move into um, and also finding housing programs that fit different individuals needs, you know, um, 86% of our population is really going to need to stay in shelter six months or less. And they're going to overcome their homelessness and not come back, which is really amazing, you know, right. and sometimes that's through assistance from the road home. And sometimes people are able to just move out on their own. They just need kind of a place to go for a little bit. And that bit. paints a completely different picture. As you mentioned, mm-hmm. the stereotype yeah. or what we just had misinformed ourselves about is yeah. 86% mm-hmm. Within yeah. six months, mm-hmm. are are independently, um, yeah, uh, taking care of themselves and on right. their own, you and, know. Mm-hmm. And then you have that other fourteen percent, and the fourteen percent is really individuals that need so much more assistance. They need wraparound, you know, care. A lot of them have been experiencing homelessness for sometimes years, you know, and they many times have multiple barriers that are keeping them in that cycle of homelessness, whether it be um, health needs, mental, physical, you know, emotional. I mean, if you can imagine, so many of these people have gone through so much trauma, you know, and so they need more assistance to help them out of that. And so we've worked with many community partners. And so one of our goals is is to help, if we can help those individuals move into housing and at the same time give them that assistance they need. So help them find maybe a substance abuse, you know, treatment program, help them get the mental health care that they need, the physical health care that they need, um, and provide for them that safe, stable place that they can call their own. People overcome those Obstacles so much more often. It's a reversal in the old model. The old model Mm -hmm. was give them a temporary shelter, help them find a job, Mm -hmm. get those services, and then they could afford their own home. Mm -hmm. And then you discovered the road home did, and it it became a model for the country. No, get them into rapid housing Mm -hmm. and then provide them that safe, secure place. And with that shelter in place, they're able to much more quickly find the Mm -hmm. employment and 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 rebound more care yeah. right more successfully yeah and mm-hmm. with some of these exactly right and with some of these you know housing models we have you know again services on site so we have case management on site um, you know mental health 
you know, on site and all these different services on site so that wraparound services continues. Um, and that really, again, creates that support net. You know, I think about if I, you know, became homeless today, had something happen that, you know, in fact, a couple of years ago I had, um, I was out on a running trail and my purse was stolen out of the back of my car. And of course it had everything in it, you know, and I didn't have gas in my car. I didn't have, you know, any money on me. And luckily I had, you know, family that was right there that could help me um, go get gas, even, you know, the simple things, and then could make sure that they drove with me, make calls to cancel everything. And, you know, my accounts were still frozen for two weeks and I had no access to funds. And I think about that and I had this support net of people around me that could help pay my rent, you know, float me for a little bit, help me get from place to place until I could resolve that. And for when I think about the people we serve, so many people don't have that same support net, whether it be, you know, many of their families are living in poverty and they can't help or, you know, maybe they've burned bridges and so they don't have that. And so if we can create a new support net of services for people, people really thrive under that, you know, Um, and they're able to live successfully. One story was there was a lady who um, was one of, I think, the first people that moved into our permanent supportive housing units, um, Palmer Court, and she had some severe mental health issues and, you know, very, I think, schizophrenic, paranoid, you know, all these things. And she has lived there since, and because of the support net of services, she was able to reconnect with her children, um, which she hadn't had a relationship with because of all of her, you know, all of her previous issues. And she was able to really overcome um, and recently moved in with her daughter um, and has been living great, you know. And so we see that the services help. And so really it's through community support that we're able to do this. It's not, you know, we provide the services, but it's because of the community that people are able to overcome homelessness. And so when we think about whether it's helping people move into housing or whether it be just providing that kid with the new, you know, back to school supplies, it comes from you, you know, as a listener and as a community. And none of this could happen unless unless we had your support. And what I love too is, as you mentioned, as a community, there are various churches that are involved. Mm-hmm. There are various businesses mm-hmm. who give their foundations. There are people hourly um, helping, giving their time um, in, in so many areas. And, and it's a beautiful mosaic of our, com- our commitment within Utah to care for others. And I think that is very powerful. I'm glad you brought us back to the apple tree. For those who just joined us, this is Alicia Gleed. She's the Director of Marketing and Communications at the Road Home, the shelter that um, has right now, you said, approximately 150 children or so? Uh-huh, in emergency shelter. So okay. on any given night, um, we are serving approximately 1,000 people um, through our emergency shelters. Um, and that's including you know, 150 to 200 children. I was walking in downtown Salt Lake just yesterday, and it was near 100 degrees. And I thought about the life-preserving emergency shelter that that Mm -hmm. provides when we hit these, not only the cold temperatures in the wintertime, but these extreme heat temperatures in the summer. Think of this children that that needing a a safe place Mm -hmm. uh, to stay cool. Now, with these children in mind, the Apple Tree program that we introduced at the very beginning provides you as a community member a really fun way to help make sure the children at the Road Home Shelter have a new backpack for school, have a new pair of shoes, an outfit or two, some school supplies, and it's done easily. You want to tell us just very quickly again which places, stores we can go to to participate because it's from July 12th through August 12th. 
Yes. So you can go to the roadhomeappletree.com and on there list the 33 locations of Payless shoe stores, Old Navy stores, and Utah Eye Centers where you can go and you can pick an apple off the tree and purchase items for a child um, in store. So as you're picking stuff up, you can also drop items back off there. Um, so if you are out doing shopping, you know, wherever, you can bring items there for the kids. Um, you can also donate online at the roadhomeappletree.com monetarily and We'll have volunteers that pick items up for the kids. So we make sure every kid is ready to go back to school. It's a nice thing to think of as we're wrapping up summer in a couple of months to to imagine those children so excited about getting their fresh start for the school year. Yes. Alicia Glee, thank you for what you do for the most vulnerable uh, and many times members of our family, of our community at the Road Home. Thank you for your role in that. Again, let's get involved. Let's take care of those children. The website is the Road home appletree.com and i'm rebecca thank you for joining us on this week's edition of utah weekly forum thank you so much for having me and thank you to all of the listeners for your incredible support